For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Shut up and sit down. Hello and welcome back to Fourth Down Focus, brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network. I am Dan Lundy, host of the podcast and founder of Fourth Down University, a company focused on the training and development of kickers, coaches, punters, and snappers. Football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. The only place you should be betting on these sports is at betonline.ag. BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality television. BetOnline has hundreds of props with real-time odds on almost anything you can imagine. And of course, the 24-hour online casino. Head to the website or use mobile devices to sign up today and receive your 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's betonline.ag. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Episode 22 of the podcast welcomes coach Mark Dees, head football coach of the Feltram Sports Academy. A native to Central Florida, Dees was a standout safety for Kissimmee Osceola High School, where he caught the attention of several college football programs. He would eventually commit to the University of Georgia, where he experienced success both on and off the field. After earning his degree in communications, Dees began his coaching career as an assistant coach for his alma mater, the Osceola Cowboys. He would go on to hold various high school coaching positions, being promoted from wide receiver to defensive coordinator, and eventually being named the head coach of Topeka Liga, Topeka Liga, you're going to correct that for me, I'm sure. There we go. (laughs) High school. Dees was honored as the 2019 and 2020 Osceola County Coach of the Year after sending five players to college in 2020 in only his second year with the program. In December of 2020, Dees agreed to terms with Feltram Academy to be the next head coach of the football program. Dees will be responsible for the startup of the postgraduate football program, which will begin training in July of 21 in Haines City, Florida. Impressive stuff, Coach Dees. I'm excited to catch up with you today to discuss your journey and your plans moving forward. How are you doing today? I'm doing good, man. I'm doing good. Uh, I'm glad to be on, and, and I can't thank you enough for welcoming me on and allowing me to go ahead and share my, my story. Yeah, you're you're interesting. We 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 just met. We've known of each other for quite a while. Um, you're a Florida boy, and I yep, just wanted I yep, wanted to, yep. I wanted to tell you a funny story, man. Uh, this is how weird life is. So a week ago today, almost to the minute, I had a coach named Travis Roland on, a head coach in Florida as well, and he and I were discussing our memories of our last high school football game. So mine was in 1999. <laughs> it was a 5A state semifinal game against the Kissimmee Osceola Cowboys, which is your alma mater. Um, yeah. I would, I, bro, I'll never forget. We gave up an 11-point lead with eight minutes left to go in the fourth quarter. 
we eventually lost the game and Osceola would go on to win a state championship two weeks later. Although I was there, uh, I was there. You know, it was probably one of my best games ever, but I'll tell you what, that's still, I still have a pain deep down in my heart. I wanted to finish strong. Um, So yeah, although we played a decade apart, we do come, you just mentioned it. You were there that that night, although we weren't playing against each other, but you were there, you live there. I'm I'm right around the corner from you. We come from central Florida backgrounds. I want you to tell the audience a little more about growing up in Florida, playing sports and how these experiences have helped you along your path. Ultimately, it seems to have created a purpose for your coaching career. I think this this generation won't or, or hasn't really uh, done much of what we've done growing up, as far as going outside and and you know that was that was your your tablet, that was your you know your PlayStation. It was going outside and, and hanging out with friends, you know. Um, so that was that was the most part of you know my childhood. Remembering you know we had this this big lot across the street from our house. And I don't know if, if that was, you know, some, some lot that was supposed to be a house there or something, but you know, um, it was just like this empty space and there was two homes on the outside and every single day, me and my friends used to go outside and uh, play football, man. And that was like, kind of like my introduction. I have a, a brother who's seven years older than me um, that, that played football, you know, so um, got to see him play a lot growing up and, and I, when I when I was introduced, man, I was like probably about six years old playing flag football uh, for the North Osceola Panthers. First year ever playing football, man, it was it was great. You know, um, going going to going to school and, and seeing you know the the Panthers, and then you had your Kissimmee Cowboys. Then um, you know we all went to school together, and uh, Friday Friday mornings you see everybody wearing their jerseys and stuff, and and having that little rivalry, but um, it's, it's so crazy how, you know, once you continue to get older, those, those, those guys that played in those, those two uh, little leagues ended up coming together and uh, going to Osceola High School, man. And, um, you know, that, that's just how it, how it normally was, you know, growing up. And it was, it was good days, man, good days. And, um, you know, it's funny, like I said, you know, you, you have those rivalries growing in, growing in, um, you know, your childhood days. And like I said, as you get older, those same rivalries tend to bring on a practice. You know, I remember like, but I, <laughs> I used to wear my Little League jersey as a practice jersey in high school. So if you were to like look up scout.com and you see uh, a picture of me in high school with a yellow jersey, that was my Little League jersey. <laughs> we used to wear our Little League jerseys to practice. So, I mean, if, you know, if you didn't have any pride growing up, um, you probably didn't play that much, you know, or, or you probably didn't play at all to actually understand um, how it was growing up in, in Kissimmee. But like I said, man, the, the good thing about it was those little rivalries and competitions definitely helped mold um, uh, a standard and tradition that, that has always been around at Osceola, and that's, you know, um, playing tough football. Yeah. Amen. You know, you're fortunate. You said a lot of things I want to, I want to touch on. And the first one is kind of negative, but it's true is if you're not playing youth football and maybe youth baseball and soccer, these organized sports for the youth, you're probably not going outside at all. And that, that is a a tough, it's a tough pill to swallow. It's, it's not good. You know, it's not good if these practices um, of staying inside and, and, isolating yourself and only finding friends in a digital world 
you're really doing yourself a disservice, not just as a football player, of course, but just as a human being. I think that the importance of interaction, social interaction, although you and I are interviewing over a Zoom call right now, um, we, we don't have a lot of choices. But if we did, I think that you and I would rather be in, in person, you know, and I think it's so I think it's so important. So you touched on that. And you also touched on the fact that you, you played for great programs. You played for a great feeder system that went into a great high school program that produced dozens and dozens of FBS talent when I was coming up and they continue to do so in the early 2000s. And now you were very fortunate. And I think there is an importance in, in identifying a good program, which we'll talk about a little later in the show, but you know, it's a, it's an honor to have you on, but I'm going to, I'm going to flip the switch here and I'm going to go to something a little, little less fun to talk about. National Signing Day occurred earlier this month, okay? And I, I want to start by congratulating all the high school seniors who signed in the early period and those who signed on National Signing Day and the ones that are continuing to sign these scholarships over the next few months. Uh, I talked at length at the last show about patience in this process, and we'll touch on this a little bit today. But I want you to explain to our audience that there is – so much more out there than major FBS football, your Florida's, your Florida States and Miami's. And I want you to touch on why a JUCO or a postgraduate program may in fact be a better choice for certain high school seniors. My thought process on, you know, the whole recruiting system is there's a, there's a, there's a school for everybody. Um, and, you know, reality is not everybody's going to be able to play, you know, college football. I understand that, you know, but um that's just how I see it and, and try to attack it. Uh, so every every kid who, for one, has the character, um, not just, you know, being coachable on the field. Because some people can just be coachable just because, you know, you're the head guy. Um, but what are you doing in the classroom? You know, how are you respecting your, your peers, teachers, and the student body? Um, you know, all that goes into consideration. Um, so... It's, it's important for me to go ahead and, and, and see those things before I can go ahead and, and say, you know, there's, there's a school for this kid because um, at the end of the day, you know, I, I really pride myself on, you know, having and building relationships, you know. So I want to go ahead and, um, you know, tell a school about Johnny and how, you know, Johnny is a great kid. You know, he's a great player because at the end of the day, it's all based off of potential you know, and um, where, where we can best see this kid can fit play. So um, my, my whole philosophy behind the whole recruiting is, you know, there's a place for everybody. Only thing, man, about right now is, you know, with COVID and, um, you know, just, just the whole season and how things have, have affected, you know, this 21 class, like you said, process, that's so big, so big. And um, one, one coach I can like credit for, for actually thinking of process and even, you know, reflecting back on myself and just telling myself to slow down sometimes is uh, Nick Saban. You know, um, a lot of people think, you know, Alabama, they're loaded, you know, but I mean, they are, but the biggest thing is, is process. You know, if you can, if you can really understand that, you know, not everybody's process is the same. Some people are, are going to go ahead and, and move along a lot faster than you, but at the end of the day, you know, you, you have to um, make sure you can control the controllables and do it to the best of your ability. That leads on to, you know, JUCO and, and, and post-grad. You know, sometimes that might be the route. And I think a lot of the times with social media and stuff, it really downplays, you know, JUCO ball and, 
in uh, in post grad ball, even myself at one point was was I would say ignorant to uh, you know post grad um, some JUCO, but as I started to you know grow more into learning more in depth about uh, these these two systems, you know, um, it's definitely something that these these kids are going to have to make a business decision. You know, these families are going to have to make a business decision and understand that, for one, there's going to be a risk in no matter what you do, you know, and, and two, there's always going to be pros and cons. You know, nothing's ever going to be great. So you, you got to go ahead and, and make the business decision now more than ever, you know, to go ahead and set yourself up for success. Absolutely. I want to touch on a stat that I found uh, eye-opening from this last Super Bowl. They did an analysis, and I think they do it, Uh, every year now it seems but I think it's so interesting to see the number of five stars in the game four stars in the game and this year was alarming there was less than one five star on each roster okay that's that sounds about right and what what that what (laughs) that's yeah what that screams me coach is we all and I mentioned your path and your journey and all these catchy words but it's so true that we all are on our own path whatever you want to call it and I think that we all develop Mm -hmm. we develop at different at different points some of us are in our prime at 15 while others are in our prime at 25. I mean, we're human beings and we're designed uh, so uniquely. So with that being said, I I think that kids, and I I don't blame them because they're young. I was one of these kids. I was Miami or bust. I, you know, I wanted to be a hurricane and I, and I knew going to Miami, I wasn't going to play till my second or third year. Likely I, I was fortunate enough to play right away, but I didn't know. And I had Arizona and Washington state saying, you're, guaranteed to start for us right away looking back at that i i was wanted way more by schools that i guess i didn't feel were as important but good lord looking back i I would have started in the the pack 12 right away for two different schools and they were begging me so i think kids need to realize that that every situation is a unique one and you need to treat yours you need to treat yours the way it should be best suited um, so I, I do like the thought that we're, we're slowly getting to the thought of entertaining the fact that maybe at 17 and 18, I might need six months. I might need a year or two to develop in order to be my best self so I can get two or three years of great college film under my belt and maybe perhaps live my dream of playing in the NFL. I don't think most people are ready to contribute on a major FBS program the first year out of high school. And I, and I say that with confidence. Oh yeah. I, I agree, man. Um, you have to be really, 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 really special to go ahead and um, be able to contribute at a very young age. Um, it's very rare, um, you know, and, and a, a lot of times um, I, I do think that some, some coaches are, put under pressure, you know, by uh, the politics of the game when it comes to the star ratings and stuff. And, um, you know, it's, it's unfortunate, but, um, you know, for, for like what you're saying, man, is, is, is definitely true because it's, it's more than just the game. You know, you're, you're, you're transitioning from being in high school to becoming an independent individual at, <laughs> at a very young age, you know, um, you're, you're thrown into the real world and Hey, I mean, it's, it's life, but at the same time, you know, um, sometimes it is okay to go ahead and slow down and take a step, step back and, and, um, develop more 
than than just jumping right jumping in right away. But I think I think once again with this this pandemic, I think it's really going to open the eyes. And and, and I think um, like what you're saying with six months with post grad, um, it'll definitely be an opportunity to go ahead and get more exposure. So that way, a lot of parents, a lot of players can see the the, the pros from it. Being able to uh, be at a post grad for six months and and you know realize is it for me to go ahead and and be far away from home. You know, we're, we're recruiting some kids and, you know, um, we're recruiting as far as Oregon. You know, that, that one kid that might come from Oregon, that one kid that might come from Ohio, maybe all the way, you know, down here in, in Florida and realize, listen, man, this, this, as far as this recruiting process, this is a little too far for me. I need to get closer to home. That might make their decision, you know, a little bit easier in deciding where they want to go as far as school. Um, because... Like you said, with, with, with yourself, you know, even, um, you know, having the mentality of Miami or bus, you know, that's the same thing with some of these kids, too. I mean, they see a, a big time program in the face. Are they ready for it? Don't really know, you know, because um, a lot of it's, it's based off of potential and, it, and it's based off of perspective. So once they get there and they realize that that coach, you know, that was smiling in the face, you know, eating in the living room with them. You know, it, 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 they realize the business side of it and like, all right, you know, this is this is how it really is. It's not fun anymore. You know, and then they're then they're away from home. And, you know, if we can go ahead and prepare them and they're, they're um, six months advanced. And I say in advance because they're they're um, not losing a year of eligibility. You know, that's a game changer. That's a real big game changer. Yeah. And as I like what you said about the pandemic. And I want to touch on this. Uh, many people are unaware that current student athletes, NCAA athletes that went through this pandemic were granted a choice. Uh, basically it was a freebie year. You know, we're not going to count this year against your eligibility for various reasons. So if in fact you do want to come back next year, you can basically have another year. And although that sounds awesome for those individuals, it really hurts the 2021 grad class, the 2022. It'll trickle down. It kind of pushes everything back a year. So, yeah. again, the JUCO and post-grad football um, options are that much more appealing. So I wanted you to explain the difference between a JUCO, which is a junior college setting, and a post-graduate football setting. Could you could you go ahead and differentiate those two a little bit. I, I know it's it's probably a lot, but just the essentials, if you will. The first thing that a lot of people get confused with with post grad is the academics. You know the difference in the two is post grad is let's say a, a sports academy. Okay, it's a sports academy. It's not a school. Now some some post grads you know may have you know the academic counselor. And um, you know may have some uh, some partnerships in community colleges, but it's it's not a school, and that's where a lot of post grads are able to go ahead and and um, implement you know the nine credit limitation. Can't go over that because we want to make sure that you're you're able to have your four year JUCO. Um, obviously, it's a junior college, so you're going in um, and you're taking you know a full full credit semester. Um, so obviously your, your eligibility clock starts. So, um, 
you know, when we were talking about post-grad and, and, and we talked to our players that are, you know, wanting to go ahead and, and commit to us, we don't tell them, you know, to go ahead and, you know, post your committing because that's the first thing they're going to do. I uh, committed. You know, that's great. We, we know that you're committing. Why? Because post-grad costs money. Post-grad costs money. And, you know, that can be the cons of some people, but we, we like to go ahead and tell our, our players to go ahead and announce that they're reclassifying. Um, so that's that's one of the big, big takeaways from it, too. You know, at a JUCO, you can be at a JUCO for, you know, a year, maybe two years. Um, post-grad, it's four to six months. And you're, you're literally there for a semester. Um, starts right after high school. Um, some, some kids can't come um, from high school to post-grad because, I mean, it's considered a prep. So they'll do their online schooling uh, through uh, – through their home home school, but the biggest the biggest takeaway and pretty much where I'm rounding it all about is is the education part. Um, you know, we'll we'll be able to play, um, you know, some some quality opponents, but it's it's not about the the game, it's not about the schedule, all that's all that's the same. It's it's about the academics. That's what separates the two. Yeah, and again, I'm gonna have Coach D share his contact information at the end of the podcast today. If you want to reach out or visit Feltram Sports Academy online, um, just to further your knowledge on this, we'd like to we'd like to make sure you have all of your options out there. Um, again, if you put all your eggs in the uh, major FBS basket, best of luck to you, especially from for a specialist stand for a specialist standpoint. They have two or three in four years that they offer these scholarships to, so not very many. I'd like to take a moment to talk about our newest sponsor, eBay. Whether rare, dead stock, or the latest release, find the exact shoe you're looking for as the original sneaker marketplace. eBay is the place to go to cop the pair you've been eyeing. With eBay's authenticity guarantee, your sneakers are meticulously inspected by independent professional authenticators who verify the box, logo, stitching, and dozens of other inspection points. Each sneaker also receives an authenticity guarantee tag that includes a digital stamp of authenticity and protects sellers with a verified return process. And for sneaker sellers out there, eBay has eliminated selling fees on sneakers of $100 or more, making it free to sell or flip your collection. Go to ebay.com sneakers today. eBay, the world's destination for discovering great value and a unique selection. All right. So I see you blocked a punt in your career. <laughs> I was looking up your, uh, your, some of your college moments. And of course I bolded that because a block punt in a football game. And I've mentioned this at length on this show. I'm not even sure if you know this coach, but did you know that doing that against Tennessee that day, you gave your, your team an 80% chance of winning the game, regardless of any other stat. <laughs> Urban Meyer said this, and I, I've never forgot it, and I, I'll stick to it today. He says that there was a study done. They did like a 12-year study uh, in college football, and if you looked at two teams, regardless of who they were, if Team A had a block punt and Team B gave up the block punt, Team B lost eight of ten times regardless of the situation. Okay, so I commend you for that block, and I imagine that that was a big, big catalyst that, and on that day for you guys. Um, as you know, Coach, my uh, fourth down you staff, we work with players and coaches at all levels of football. It's how I met you. 
We stress the significance of special teams and the preparation required to make an impact in these games. Can you share your opinion on the importance of special teams, both as a player and now as a coach? Special teams is, is so big, man. Um, you know, I, I, I'm not gonna lie. I was a special teams guy in Georgia, you know, um, and uh, it was it was always always of importance, you know. And and the thing is, is uh, I I talk to guys being recruited. You gotta get on special teams, you know. If you want to be recruited, you gotta get on special teams. Uh, we want to win. We need that. We need our guys on special teams, you know. Um, when we talk about field position, um, when you talk about momentums of games, it's it's one play that can affect the entire game. Um, so it's, it, I, I mean, from from a from a college, you know, athlete, um, the the importance of it was so big because, like I said, it's it's one play, and if you don't do your job, gone. You know, um, there's no there's no next play, <laughs> there's no next play on on you know on a special team. You know, there's there's for punts, you you know, you may be going into a game where you you know you're you're only punting once or twice. You know, you can go into a game, which is never a game you want to get into where you're punting 10 times, <laughs> you know, but but every single play, every single snap on, on special teams is so important, you know, um, and that that mentality, you know, is, is something I, I try to go ahead and stress to myself as a coach. You know, we got to get special teams. We got to get special teams. And it's it's funny sometimes, you know, I, I know even when I was a, a position coach at, at Osceola or you know, um, even as a, a head coach at, at uh, Tohopa Kaliga, <laughs> it 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 was it was something where you know it can it could drag, but just stressing the importance of of, of getting those things down and getting them right. Um, man, I, I can I can tell you I, I get stressed out sometimes with special teams because I want it to be perfect. You know, if if we're we're trying to get a sky kick, you know, and our kicker doesn't get it to, you know, the 30. I'm not going to chew them out, but we might do it 10 times until I, until I, you know, say, Hey, let's go ahead and get this. We got to get it. Come on. You know, that those vocals might be a little bit louder, you know, <laughs> but um, I, I'm, I'm, I'm very, very particular with special teams and, and I definitely take pride in it because um, it's, it's definitely saved, saved some games for us. You know, um, we had a game, uh, just this past year, um, where we're about to go into halftime. Okay, and the other team. If you if you're listening to this, coach, you know, you know, I got to bring this up in here. <laughs> uh, but this was a big special teams play. But um, we're playing against the team. Uh, third down, we, we get a stop on third down. It's about to go into halftime. I guess the coach is expecting the clock to going to run out. It's about now. It's fourth down. I call timeout. Coach is pissed. I hear him from the other side. Like, Are you kidding me? <laughs> well, sure enough, we call a timeout. Um, you know, we're we're talking about trying to set up a block and and um, creating a wall and getting off the return. Sure enough, ball snap. We don't get the block, but we rattle the kicker. Um, and the ball the ball's kicked short. We probably kicked it like 10, 15 yards and started rolling. Well, here it is. Our returner comes from out of nowhere, picks the ball up off the ground, and we score going into halftime. We we end up winning that game by you know by twelve. I mean, 
But that that play right there in particular um, definitely gave our players life. Oh, my goodness. And, and it definitely um, led into halftime, you know, to where the kids were excited and ready to go out again. You know, so so when certain coaches, you know, don't really rag on the importance of special teams, you know, they rather focus on offense and defense. You know, that's great. But as a head coach, that's what I have an offensive coordinator and defensive coordinator for. Um, so I try to go ahead and, and make sure I, um, I'm doing my part and in, in looking in the special teams and, and making sure that, you know, this this part of the game is definitely, definitely something to where, you know, we can game momentum, we change the game, we can we can go ahead and take advantage of field position. Um, we can do all those things, you know. Yeah, you've been around some some interesting people. Uh, Ty Fricks, long snapper at George when you were yeah. there. He's a good friend of mine. We, we go way back. Um, oh, yeah. Blair Walsh is another one. Obviously, uh-huh. it's, a, it's a household name that every kicker on this show yes. will recall. You also play with Drew Butler, yep. one, one of the best punters in the history of Georgia. Um, oh, yeah. You And then, obviously, Georgia's special teams. Let's, let's not get it twisted. Um, they are a, a bona fide program year in and year out because they're strong in all three phases. I, I think mm-hmm. I, I think that the good teams like the Ohio States of the world and the Alabamas, some some play to be aggressive, but all of those 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 standards in, in the industry definitely play not to get beat there. I, one one in six and a half plays in football is a special teams play. One in six and a half. Sometimes it's one in six. Yep. Okay, so if you're gonna just give away that every sixth play. And you're playing an equal opponent, you're gonna get beat. Assuredly, you're gonna get beat. And you might even get beat by two or three scores if they can make impactful plays on this unit. So I I just wanna wanna let you know that I I did a little reading on you and I was very impressed at the at the specialists you've been around at the college level. And it, it's neat. Uh, I don't know how if you're aware, but those are some those are some big time names uh in the history of our game or specialists look up to those people. So oh, I have yeah, a man, you you'd be you'd be surprised, man. We had another one. We had another kicker out uh, at uh, Georgia that you don't know about, man. Oh yeah. What, you want to guess? Who's that? He's a uh, he was a lot. He was a, a lineman. Um, what? Let's see. Let, let me go ahead and and uh, I'll give you one. I'll give you a team. He, he played for the Tennessee Titans. A lineman for the Titans? Are yeah. You, are you kidding me? And he no. kicked. And he kicked. Yeah. No clue. <laughs> uh, ben Jones. <laughs> oh my goodness, dude. We used to okay. So in in uh, at Georgia, we had um, you know this this thing where it was almost like a, a good luck um, mm-hmm. before before every game. So like our last practice, um, we'd go ahead and have Ben Jones kick kick a field goal for us. <laughs> you know, at the end of practice. And uh, every time he made it, man, we get excited because we knew we were going to win that game. But man, Ben Ben Jones had a foot on him, man. <laughs> so did he? Did he play in high school? Um, I have no idea, but he's he's got a hidden toe on him, man. He's, he's probably their kicker. Toe. You know, my best. <laughs> I, I coached it. I coached at Mainland for twelve years, um, and my best punter in the history of my time there was Jakai Polite. You know, a four-star defensive end went to Florida. He's now in the league. I mean, he's an exceptional athlete. I think that people fail to realize that sometimes, especially at the high school level, you're going to have to identify the best athlete sometimes. You may not get a soccer player. You may not get a kid that has any background. 
So like you would do in any other position in football, go seek out the athletes, see if they can fill a void. Okay. Um, yes. Yes. So I, I'm a firm believer in that. So I'm, I'm, I'm not surprised, but I bet Ben Jones is a heck of an athlete. I bet he's very adaptable. Oh, I bet he's a versatile dude. guy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that, he used to take, he used to take tennis classes. Yeah. See, I mean, like it, he, it, it he takes a freak. Yeah. It takes a very special, unique individual to be able to do stuff like that. But I have one more question. This is a fun one, but I yes, just, just, just completely candid here. Be completely honest. I don't care what your response is. I want to hear a unique one though. What are traits that you look for when recruiting a specialist, particularly a kicker, a punter or a snapper? Um, mentally, mentally tough is, is definitely the strongest trait. Um, you know, and it, and it goes so much, it goes so much farther than the game, man. You know, um, when, when it comes to, you know, game time and, you know, if a kicker misses a field goal, I'm not going to be the, the guy that, you know, goes crazy. It's part of the game, you know? Um, and I, and at the same time, I'm, I'm not, even though I'm not like that, I'm not expecting my kicker to be rattled because you're supposed to have mental toughness to understand, look, you're going to make some, you're going to miss some, you know? But the thing is, is it's, it's just like the game, you know, that play is over, let's move on. But like I said, it goes beyond the game because at the same time, kickers for practice aren't utilized, you know, for the whole duration of practice. So are you mentally tough enough to go ahead and focus and be able to be out there for that, that long period of time, you know, and not get bored, um, you know, and, and find different different ways to go ahead and improve yourself. You know, um, we had a kicker this this last year um, who would come to me almost every day. You know, uh, once once special teams was done, coach, can I kick on the game field? Coach, uh, is is our strength and conditioning coach in there? Can I go lift? You know, he's he's lifting two a days and coming back out right on time for conditioning. Um, always finding ways to go ahead and improve himself. You know. And um, I, I definitely think, you know, he's he's going to be uh, someone who will be able to go somewhere. And it's not just because of his kicking ability. He worked, 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 worked for it, you know, and, and that just comes with, you know, that that mental toughness that I'm talking about. You know, um, we can we can easily go ahead and, and become complacent or go ahead and find different ways to go ahead and improve on our craft and, um and understand that, you know, not everything is going to happen our way, but stick to the process. I love what you said. And I like that you, in terms of the mentality that you went further than, uh, I just want them to be strong on the field or in, in a game. If they miss, I don't want them to flip out, but it also it goes much further, right? Like you said, it, it goes to the maturity to attack a practice or independent time. Yes. And, and the real, the realization that you are an outlier. I mean, we, we, we've accepted this, I think for the most part by now, but we also know that we are a critical component of success. Yes. You know, when, when we are called upon, whether it's a middle relief pitcher or a closer in baseball, you know, what, whatever it is, we are specialists, you know, and we are there for a purpose. And that purpose is to execute when called upon and if you don't execute, get your mind right because you're going to be called upon again. Yes. Okay, um, so I, I can't thank I can't thank you enough for that because I'll give you a good example. I trained a couple guys yesterday, and it was a rainy, it was a rainy condition. It was very adverse conditions. It was a crosswind, and you know all, all these all these things are going to be conducive to missing. Like you're going to miss more, right? 
But yeah. I told them, I told them during the live operation because they make they would they'd hit three or four field goals in a row and they'd run to the next ball, kick, run to the next ball. And I said this yesterday, and I'm so glad that you said it in a different way. I said the one thing I don't want to see, gentlemen, because you guys are gonna miss. Someone's gonna miss today, but I don't want to see a negative response after it. I want you to look at that ball, miss, stare at it, think about why, and sprint to the next one. I think yeah. that it resonates with coaches because I, I imagine that when you watch kickers and film and people that want to play for you, you see kids sometimes sulk or pout or like walk mm-hmm. slowly to the next ball. To me, that screams, I am not ready. I'm not strong enough mentally. Uh, and yes. I love, I love your response. I think it is, it is of the utmost importance because I think these kids all know how to work hard, but I think that the true professionals and people that do in fact make it to play on Saturdays are the ones that are, are mature and mentally resilient. Yeah, I mean, one of the biggest things I try to go ahead and remind myself all the time is, you know, someone's always watching. And sometimes not everyone is watching for your best interest. You know, and, and the prime example of that where everybody can relate is your opponent, you know. And and one thing I never – and that was, that was probably one of the biggest things, one of my pet peeves was, you know, to – have our team come off the sideline and see someone soak, to see someone argue. That is one thing I don't put up with, um, you know, because how I see it is if I'm, if I'm the head coach over there, I'm loving it, you know, and I don't, I don't want to give anybody a type of advantage. Let's, let's get to the sideline. Let's, let's sit down. Let's go to the board. Let's, let's go to the TV. Let's see what we need to go ahead and improve. But the moment we go ahead and, and, and show a weakness on the field is where we have a problem just because you're, you're a football player too. So, you know, you, you're definitely, you know, in that, that realm of having a sense of pride about being on the field, about, you know, being on the team because it's bigger than you. It's bigger than you. Um, and, and one thing I can, I can go ahead and tell the specialists too, man, um, you know, doing more, um, just going back to the mental toughness, gains respect from your teammates. Um, you know, getting – I'm going back to this kicker again, man. I love this kid. Um, great kid. Uh, but when you talk about having the respect from his teammates, yes, you know, his teammates are out there practicing and doing all these things. But, you know, we are – there's somebody out there watching, right? And people notice things when you think they're not. Um, he's, he's gotten so much respect from his teammates just by doing those things. You know, um, because once again, you can you can be a kid that's, you know, easily on the sideline talking to the kids, you know, maybe the sophomores and, you know, the, the JV guys. Um, but no, you know, and, and I know his teammates saw that. And for him to go ahead and, and do those things and and come back out and condition with the team, you know, or to, to be the first one all the time to, 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 to practice the workouts. You know, those things go a long way. And you don't have to, you know, you don't have to be a certain position to have leadership qualities. You know, I, I truly believe that my, one of, my kicker was one of the leaders of the team, you know, and, and that's just because of the way he approached, you know, school, um, approach to people, approach workouts, approach practice every single day. You know, and, and that goes a long way. It goes a long way. 
that's how you get support. That's how you get support from your teammates, whether you make it or miss it. Every time they're going to respect you no matter what, because of what you do Amen. outside of, of, of the Friday night lights. I couldn't agree more. And I really thank you. It's, it's a, it's a message on this show that we say often is, you know, you're going to earn your respect by working with your peers and, and being a part of a team, you know, although I mentioned you are an outlier, don't, don't act different. Um, if, if, mm-hmm. if people are grinding, you have stuff to do. You may not be in the trenches. You may not be in the perimeter. You may not be in the backfield, but you most certainly will be out in the field and you're going to score more than everyone or you won't. You're going to flip the field more than everyone or you won't, right? You're going to compliment us in your own way or you won't. So I, uh, I, I thank you so much for joining the show. Um, I want to make sure uh, you share with the audience how they can follow your progress or reach out to you if they have questions. Yeah, man. Um, you can go to follow me, message me on Twitter. It's, coach D's underscore and you can go ahead and spell that with at of course coach and then my last name is D E A S and then underscore thank you coach I, I really appreciate it uh this means a lot to everyone at fourth down focus that you're able to share a little bit about your story both as a player and as a coach and what you look for in specialist I think this was very helpful and I imagine you'll be getting a little bit of response uh, about what, in fact, a post-grad setting is is a little bit more. I, we didn't have time to go in, in all the details, but I think the purpose of the show was to get every, everyone aware that there are several options out there in this transition from high school football to college football. If you have questions related to Fourth Down Focus, uh, suggestions for future topics or guests, or if you have comments or feedback for the show, you can reach me, Dan Lundy, several ways. My website is 4thDownU, that's 4thDownU.com. It has endless of resources for specialists and coaches of specialists. On social media, you can connect with me on Instagram and Twitter at 4thDownU, that's at 4thDownU, or on Facebook and LinkedIn, I'm at Dan Space Lundy, L-U-N-D-Y. Thank you again for joining us at Force Down Focus. Please give us a like, a review, and a five-star rating on whatever platform you are subscribed to us on. It really helps the show. We'll see you next week with an exciting new guest, and I hope 2021 is treating each of you well. Remember, in all things, give thanks. Shut up and sit down. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.